we are not like other couples. Oh my goodness. Not like other couples. We're not like other couples. And proud of it. And, and probably super secure in it. Yeah, that probably ties into the fact that our ten year old has seen Hamilton with us <laughs> is a really good example of the ways that we are not like other couples. We're a little bit of like we got a tiny bit of hippie, I feel like when it comes to parenting. Oh. About like about like seeing Hamilton or when we watched Armageddon with them. <laughs> Armageddon was an awesome night because our six year old is still He's still upset about he Harry. He gets teary eyed talking about Harry. Remember when Bruce Willis sorry, spoiler, Bruce Willis dies at the end of Armageddon. Harry he, Stampler. He, he dies. And um our six year old Ford is still so upset about it. He cried, you know, when when not um, like not when like, Liv Tyler was like, Daddy, like all the kids are sobbing. I don't we're kind of weird. Now but he cried the good kind of tears. Like oh, they were yeah. like tears of respect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes um just you know letting our kids see things that maybe are a little old for them um we should i feel like we should explain that movie does have like a maybe a makeout scene or something but we fast forwarded through that part the gazelle yeah when he's like playing with the animal crackers <laughs> we did fast forward through that part because we're like I, you know what? Here's the difference. I don't know if this is going to get in me at all kinds of trouble. I'm just going to say it. Just don't say it. No, I feel like this is true. I don't really care that much if my kids see a movie and there's like a cuss word in it. Yeah. They're not allowed to use a cuss word. I'll, we'll have Wash a problem. Their mouth out with yeah, soap. My eyebrows are so high on my forehead right now. There's no, they were so, they know they would be dead. But I don't really care if they. See it, which is very different than how I was raised. One of my favorite quotes from my Mima was my Mima said to me one time, because my Mima just cannot handle bad language. So she said, I remember one time she like blithely was like, I mean, if I see a naked person, like in a movie, let's say, I don't really mind. But if I hear a curse word, gets into my head and it gets into my heart <laughs> i swear on my life i am like verbatim doing mima gets into my head and gets into my heart i can't let it go i, have, I just don't care that much i have spent 26 or 7 meals with mima she does not sound like that that is but that accent perfectly explains mima's personality so or i don't Lynn. Why do you got to call out my Mima accent? I, I just always get my own call outs when I try to do <laughs> any accent. And it finally was my time but to come that, back around. Even if it doesn't sound exactly like Mima, that like explains her. It does. Does that mean like Mima has a, an accent? Honey, but that it was a great Mima. I just was breaking You're your... You're so rude. You anyway, on. let's talk about not being like other couples. We're not like other couples. We aren't. And in a bunch of different ways. This idea for this episode came from a chapter in Girl Stop Apologizing, where I talk about this idea that I am not like other women. Um, I'm sure that I'm like plenty of women, but there are whole groups of women that I'm not like, and that's okay. Yeah. Because it takes all kinds of kinds. 
I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 15 years. And we have four kids. That's like a thousand kids. We've been foster parents to four kids as well. And we're running a business together. That's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. But we know that it's possible to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we get through all the things, this is Rise Together. not like other couples. And we wanted to talk about this because there's a chance that you as a couple, as you reach for your version of more, as you are trying to go through your own personal growth journey or your couple growth journey, that other people might look at you. Other people might judge you. Other people might talk to you. It's like that old saying, like, if your life makes sense to other people, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Well, our lives don't make sense to a lot of other people. We think we're killing it. And so we thought we'd talk about all the ways that we're maybe not like other couples in the hopes that you hear some things that are how you are as a couple. And we can all high five each other and be like, no, actually, we do have this in common. I love that we're not like other couples. And I was really, you know, like, I thought for sure that being like everybody else was the thing that you had to do to be accepted by everybody else. And but if you love and is, accept yourself, you don't need anybody else to accept you. No, the the headlines, yes, that. But also, the people that don't accept us being different aren't people I need in my life. Yeah, so this is the first way that we're not like other couples. We do not care about peer pressure. Oh, zero. Could, that has no, it just doesn't affect us at all. It, here's the thing. It affects me in the opposite way. If someone's trying to pressure me to do something, I'm like, I am so past seventh grade. Yeah. That not only am I not going to do it, I'm going to make a big deal about not doing it so that I can illustrate how ridiculous you wanting me to do this actually is. Uh, another way that we are not like other people is we are not. Now, this one's important because we didn't used to be this way. But now today, it's 2019. We are not manipulated by family. We are not. At all. This has been a journey. This has been such a journey. For some of us, the journey has been harder than for others. I'll pray for you. Oh. <laughs> this is not my journey. No. This is your journey. Yeah. What, what's interesting, I, I, I wrote a chapter in my book about this lie that I believe that my parenting, my way of being in relationship had to be like my parents or I was in some way dishonoring them. And what I've really come to appreciate and dang it, it took a lot and a long, long time was like one appreciate that the way I was raised, the way that they raised me was the way that I needed to be raised and what made sense for them when I was born in 1975 through the, you know, like 1994 time period when I left the house. But the things that worked then for the six of us in that house don't necessarily apply. And that there's a way to honor how they did what they did to make me who I am and depart from it. Because the things that my family needs is just different from the things that my family of origin needed then. Yeah, I think that this is about just being really united as a couple and knowing what your values are as a couple, what matters to you most, what matters to your family most, meaning your family, like the two of you, and if you have kids, that immediate circle of family. 
so that when it pops up, when, you know, and, and be really mindful of the word I'm using here, manipulation. This is not like, oh, we don't care what our family thinks or we don't care about their feelings. This is lots of people have family members who will try and manipulate them into doing things the way they want them done. Lots of people will struggle with interacting with in-laws because your, you know, your mother-in-law has an opinion on the way you're raising your kids or, you know, your father-in-law thinks you should have a better job or whatever it looks like for you as a couple. So we personally just don't hold that. And I think that's just about confidence. It's about confidence in knowing what you as a couple need for yourselves and what your kids need for, you know, themselves. And so a lot of times that like that thing showing up over time, especially with family has been through a vehicle of passive aggression, right? It's just like, hey, uh, are you sure that you can't I can't believe you're not going to come here for Thanksgiving. That's the thing I was trying to say. I mean, it's like the holiday, like who's sharing which holidays with whom. Like that game used to be debilitating for me. Yeah. Because I wanted to make everybody happy. And in a relationship, it's impossible to be at every family gathering every single holiday. Well, and it's probably valuable to say to younger couples, if this is something, you know, if it's a new relationship and you're newly navigating these waters, those years were much more difficult because you're not only going through a change, but your family of origin is going through a change where, you know, they want you to be there for Thanksgiving. They want you to come home for Hanukkah. They're sad that you're not going to be able to do that. It's hard for, I think, a lot of moms specifically um, to be mindful of the fact like, oh, there's a whole other group of people now who want to see them for a holiday, not to mention what they want to do. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so we just, we don't fall into that trap anymore. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another way that we are not – where this is – plenty of couples are like this, but I don't think this is not necessarily where we come from. And that is one of the biggest priorities in our life is health. Oh, yeah. Uh, episode 40 of the Rise Together podcast is where we talk about our health journey. We both were very unhealthy when we met and got married and, oh, my gosh, the stuff that we ate, the amount that we drank, the the, the just laying around, never moving our body, never, never drinking water. Like, oh, it was so awful. Um, that is definitely different than our family of origin uh, and how hard we fight for that now. I mean, we work out every single day of our life, no exceptions. Uh, we eat really healthy. We still have fun. We still, you know, we just got back from Ireland. We had so many scones. Oh, did we have scones, scones and good. fresh Irish butter and soda bread? And like, we just, we live our lives, but we are very mindful of our health. Yeah. Like getting back into like community with friends that we may have, you know, not seen in a while or family that, you know, the, the temptation to, 
go back to that version of ourselves that used to be less healthy when we were hanging with those people just doesn't exist mm-hmm. in a way that it did before. And part of like part of the like falling back into how we used to be was about like wanting to avoid ridicule because a lot of times you know like they're seeing you make some better health choices and they're gonna poke a little bit at you. It's like no 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 I'm sorry. Uh, the old version of me, yep, would have totally given in to your trying to push me into making a bad trying choice. Trying to buy me to make, a shot. Make, make me feel worse about, you know, like, your choice and not mine. I am in my 30s. I like, am, I, I am not doing a shot. I'm what good. are you talking about? Shots. <laughs> <laughs> um, another way that we are different than, honestly, I like. I feel like I'm, like, calling out, but this sounds, I feel like I'm challenging, but, like, we prioritize sex in our relationship. And I don't know another couple that does that. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll pause think. the podcast. No, shut up, shut up. That's so inappropriate. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We uh, do. We've ha- we actually have a couple of podcast episodes about this because I think you as an audience have been really interested in us talking about this topic because I don't know how often other people talk about it i mean in girl wash your face my first book i did an entire chapter on our sex life my favorite crazy um but it is a huge priority for us and it's been a journey you know if you read the book then you know like it it hasn't always been it hasn't definitely hasn't been a priority when we first got married was not something that i was super comfortable with was something you struggled with but now today you know we're good <laughs> no we're good here's the thing we're good because we make it a priority absolutely I, I was hanging out with a buddy i don't know it's probably been a year now but we were hanging out and inevitably if you're like hanging out with a dude for a long enough period of time somebody you know like one of the two of you so like how's your marriage how's yeah. how like and the conversation around sex ends up being a thing that comes up and I just felt sad yeah. because the story that was being told was one of a, a sexless marriage for the most part. Yeah. And I was like, come on. And these you, aren't like, people in, because this is a story that we, with so many of our friends over and over and oh, over. Yeah. And these are not the story of people who have past trauma, have, you know, like these reasons why it's a, a couple who were passionate when they first got together. And now it's been five years or 10 years or 15 years. And it's it's not, I use the word priority. It didn't matter to them, or maybe it mattered to one of them and not the other. And now it's been so much time. And, you know, maybe it's like once every six months or like it's so, you know, a special occasion. It's our anniversary. It's his birthday, whatever. Like they they don't connect in that way at all. And... Once it's you get so out, of, once you get out of practice, like getting back into practice, yeah. I mean, we're we, we've been in in a very good rhythm for a, a quite a quite a bit of time. But man, there've been times where life just shows up and makes it harder to even like travel. Like right, travel shows up and it just keeps us from not being physically in the same space as often mm-hmm. as we might normally be. Or my schedule, like the last year, that's been really. Frankly, that's been really hard on our yeah. intimacy is because I am exhausted. Oh, yeah. I come home and I'm exhausted. Like, I've just, like you, you like said, to go to bed at like 7.15. I do. So there that is that. That means you need to 
7.14, I'm <laughs> on the ready. <laughs> or in the morning. Like you, but if it's a priority, you will – a priority means that you will change things around. You will move stuff. You will sacrifice in other areas to make that thing happen because it matters to you. I'll admit it. Last night, baby was put down to bed – Good night. Kids were in the den playing a video game, locked the door, and took care of business before the sun had gone down. Because I knew, looking at your face, that there was no chance you were making it to 8 p.m. You can get flustered all you want. You brought this topic up. Now you got to make, you know, you made your bed. Now you got to lie in it. Oh, my gosh. Literally. Oh, my gosh. Get us out of this. (laughs) So... Um, <laughs> I like to talk about it in like more like general, general? terms, not like last night. Terms. I don't think we're a live broadcast. I this know, podcast, so no one knows I'm what still, day this is. Am happened. I blushing? Am I red? You look great. All right. Well, in any event, uh, that's something that really matters to us, and honestly, we think it's something that should matter to every couple in a romantic relationship, regardless of your age. I will say this: like the commiserating on sex not being a priority will be a thing if you surround yourself with couples who are not having good sex that you start to believe is normal in a relationship. Yes, and can I can I add to this? On the women's side, I don't know that men would do this, but on the women's side, remember we talk about people who like try and sabotage like your health or whatever? I can't tell you how many times I've been in a group of women and that you know, a top this topic will come up, same kind of thing. All of us have been married forever and I'll you know, oh, well, how often, whatever, do you get? And, and I don't know, it'll just like come up, and I'm like, you know, we have a lot of sex. Like, we, we, we do. It's a thing for us. And they will try and, like, like not shame, but, like, ugh. Belittle it. Yeah, yeah, like, ugh, why would you do? No, thank you. Like, literally, someone told me about, like, no, like, I in and out, like, he gets his once a month, you know, 11 <laughs> minutes or less. Where I swear I'm telling a real story about a real married couple. Like, she was, like, disgusted. Like, uh, no, that was for when we were first married. We've been married too long. We're not interested in that. Someone else, same kind of thing. Like, and they kind of were, like, giving me crap. Like, oh, you just don't get it. I'm like, no, you just don't get it. Cause, Literally. Yeah, because if it was great sex you would be having more of it. I know this isn't a sex episode, but honestly, when you find yourself believing that like this is just as good as it gets, yeah. I, there, like there's something in that that just forces you to settle or frankly give up. And like if we decided that it was as good as it got 10 years ago, Holy crap. we wouldn't even be having sex anymore. Yeah. Would we even be married anymore? Yeah, we'd still be married, but it would be miserable. No, I mean, but I like <laughs> think about that. Like, at what point do you as a couple, like so many couples, even people listening to this right now, you've just given up. You've just decided this is this is as good as it gets. It's not gonna be any better. We're always gonna be this unhealthy. We're always gonna be this broke. We're always gonna be this miserable. We're always gonna be unattracted to it. No, man, you are in charge of your life. You are in charge of your relationship. You can't take it all on at the same time, but you can certainly start to improve in different areas. It's all it's 
all works together. Yeah. Like, Super interconnected. Yeah. Totally. Ugh. Oh, it, uh, we hear that a lot. It's the number one thing we hear from the couples in our real life is this idea of like, oh, no, we've been together 15 years. We've been together 22 years. Like this just, this just is what it is. Like just counting down the days till one of us goes. Honestly. Like, you're like 42, <laughs> Daryl. What are you talking about? <laughs> what would Oates say? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> we only know one Daryl. <laughs> That's my favorite joke I ever told. Uh, you're getting oh, funnier over time, too. Like, you were not funny for most of our marriage, and here we are. Here we are. You could change. Anyone could change if oh. you believe in it. Um, another way we're not like other couples. This is, I don't want to say controversial. Oh, geez. But it's like, it's something. We are actively pursuing wealth. In fact, this was the original podcast topic I wanted to, I just wanted to do a podcast on this topic. And Dave was really freaked out that if we talked about, if we spent like 45 minutes talking about pursuing wealth, that people would be like, oh, those jerks, all they care. No. We are. It's not that. It is that we understand that you can change the world, that you can give to causes that you believe in, that you can drastically change the lives. Like, look at our look at our company. We have 32 full-time employees who get unlimited vacation and 401ks and incredible health insurance and get to come to work every day and be lifted up and inspired. Like, we have that because we've built a company that can afford it. And that's not, um, you know, like, oh, a few dollars here and there. That requires building financial success. We live debt-free. Like, we pay for things in cash. We are building wealth so that we can do big things in the world. And I think there's a really crazy taboo that exists in media about money. Yeah. Well, we were at something, uh, like a mastermind or something, and somebody said something that just mm-hmm. really changed the way I thought about it. it was which trucks, is, yeah. It was trucks. Yeah. Anthony Trucks, buddy of ours. He he said, look, someone's going to put a dollar in the middle of this table, and somebody's going to grab it. And He's talking it, about like money in the marketplace. Money in the marketplace. Someone's going like, to spend money, and they can spend it with you, or they can spend it with somebody else. You know, Dave and Rachel, how you plan to steward that money, how you plan to give some of that money back to people in need, how you plan to create jobs, how you plan to build tools that might allow people to change their lives. And you don't know how the other person who might also grab that dollar has the same good or bad interests at heart. So grab that dollar. And and it really did change the way I thought about it because I think we've been given... So much opportunity, gifts, the like potential inside of each of us because of, in part, how we're going to take the thing that we create and use it for good. Yeah. And that, you know, like it, it has been, for whatever reason, cultural taboos, norms, whatever, a thing that, um, you know, well, makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable to talk about sometimes. But I think that there is this idea that if you get money, then that means I can't get money. Like, I feel like that's like this idea that people have is like, well, if you're successful, that means I can't be successful. And that's a scarcity mindset that just absolutely is not true. 
the the other thing about this topic I feel so passionate about is we are not meant to go through life living paycheck to paycheck. We are not meant to go through life drowning in debt. If you look at the people who are using Start Today Journal, if you look at the hashtag, 99% of people, 99, like literally that many people are using our journal. One of the dreams that they write down is I am debt free. Yeah. Because so many people, particularly in America, have been sold this like bill of goods that we're supposed to have this and that and the other thing and get the new car every two years and have the fancy thing and whatever. And they are racking up astronomical credit card debt. You know, they've got student loans. They've got all these things that they keep putting on a credit card and they're drowning in interest. They're drowning in all. And they think, again, this idea of like, that's just how it is. Well, you know what, too, for me, like the, the the switch was flipped when I realized I was unpacking a lot of like teaching in my formative years around money being the root of all evil. Money, as it turns out, is not the root of all evil. Love of money mm. is the root of all evil. Yep. And so the idea of pursuing wealth for what you can do with it to change the world yeah. is fundamentally different than stacking chips because you love money well i also think it's worth i i really want to be clear on this because i don't want to make it sound i think a lot of people kind of couch their ambition in like well we're going to change the world and so that makes it okay i think it's okay to be ambitious because you're an ambitious person sure uh, i do believe we are also changing the world but Part of this is not part of this is like what we can do, but just speaking truth right now because I know someone listening is going to get this. A big part of it is I refuse to raise my children the way I was raised. I refuse that my kids will ever have to worry about where food's coming from yeah. or that they can't afford, you know, clothes for back to school or, you know, listen to their parents scream about how we're going to make rent. Like I refuse it. Like I just, I will not carry that narrative. It's and I so worked my butt off my entire adult life to ensure that that's not something my kids will ever have to deal with. I, it's so interesting. I can remember triggers for my anxiety as a kid being tied to simple things like toasted O's in a plastic bag instead of Cheerios in a box, having to shop at a store that wasn't a regular department store to get jeans that weren't Levi's, that made me feel like, you know, a person who was different at school. And really, for me, it was it made me worry that we weren't going to have enough. Yeah. That we weren't going to be able to, like have a house that would be able to stay over our head and all, like yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And so I share, like I, I definitely share that too. Yeah. I also I, well, I, I think, I, I think there's something, you know, we talk a lot about you having values as a couple, knowing what matters to you as a couple, plenty of people, plenty of our dear friends, this is not something they pursue. Yeah. They're not interested in wealth. They do not care. And they will live a beautiful, happy existence in the way that they choose but this is something we care about. Uh, you know, I will talk to um, so many small business owners, women especially. This One of their big goals as a small business owner is they want to be able to take their family on summer vacation. It's like the big thing. They want to be able to take the kids to Hawaii. Yeah. They want to be able to go to the beach. These other families have these trips and they just want that for their family. And 
part of the reason I work so hard as an entrepreneur is because I want to be able to to give my kids the life that I want to be able to give them and not have to worry about, like I said, like, are we going to be able to afford the mortgage? Or do we have to go into debt to yes. create that life? Yeah. For sure. Um, so another way that we're not like other couples. We're not like other couples in a lot of ways. I know. We had a lot of options on this one. Um, we – our willingness to talk about hard things to each other. Oh, man. We wade into it all the time. Like every day, Honestly. actually. Like maybe it's every other day, Honestly. but almost every day we're having a conversation. Frankly, we're having a conversation that the 10 or 12 years ago version of ourselves would not have had. No way. And wouldn't have been able to have rationally, calmly, yeah. without getting... There's still emotion. Yeah. Like there's still emotion. It's not, it's not fair to say that it's unemotional, but it's so much less emotional that it's productive. Yeah, we're I would say that we fight really hard for self-awareness as individuals and as a couple. But because we there's too much riding on our relationship. We have 32 people who work here who we are we own and run this business together and if our relationship is in trouble, that means our business is in trouble. We have four babies at home who are counting on us to be strong and in love and great leaders for them. And honestly, we have a, a community of millions of people all over the world who we're trying to teach you to reach for more in your life and your relationship. And if we're not doing that in real time, then we're living like a false, you know, we're, we're, we're false prophets. Like I, I, I never. And so it's funny how working together really made us um, fight for that a bit more. Here's the thing with hard things. It's a thing that is like building up a muscle, right? The first time that you decide, you know what? I'm going to have an honest conversation about this thing that's actually bothering me about our relationship. It's going to feel hard. It's going to be received like in a, in a way that you're you're hoping it's going to be received, it's not going to be. It's there's going to be some ego and some emotion around it, and then the next time, it's going to be a little less emotional. There'll be a little more stability with the ego piece, and, and you just work on it. Yeah, over you time. just keep doing it over and over. Like, and it has to be something that you are you've come to the agreement together. Because I think if one of us was like, well, I'm gonna I'm wading into all the hard conversations, and the other person wasn't in that place then you're going to have one person who's defensive and one person is like trying to work through it. So definitely us being on the same page about what we are willing to wade into and sit with and like figure out together has been a huge deal and how we're able to have these conversations in real time all the time. And we're not talking about the same stuff, but we're talking about like, hey, this feels weird or, you know, how do we... Yeah, the, the in real time... The in real timeness kept anything from festering in the last year and a half, where us working together for the first time has introduced a whole bunch of fun totally. stuff with the ego and 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 you know Rachel spent fifteen years building a company that I'm now you know stepping into. Man, I have to like be considerate of that, but also in asserting where I think we need to go directionally. Like, man, there's friction. 
So we just had to say, like, look, we, we, a lot of it is we started with what's our why. Like our why was we have to do this for the business. We have to do this for the pursuit of an exceptional relationship. We have to do this because we want to model this for our kids. And it made the how pushing into these conversations and, you know, grinding through it, even when it sucks, a thing we just do on the regular. We're not like other couples in a lot of ways. We are not like other couples in a lot of ways. And there's a really good chance that you as listeners, there's probably stuff about you guys that you're not like other people. And we would challenge you that that uniqueness is what makes your relationship so special. Here's the thing. If you just listen to any of those things and you're like, well, that's not us. Well, no kidding, because you're not in our relationship. And it not being like us doesn't make your relationship anything but your relationship. Like there are inevitably things that Rachel and I are going to continue to work on as we keep growing into this future version of ourselves. And you and your partner are going to have to work on things as well. The biggest point of all is if you're clinging to what you believe to be the kind of couple you need that in some ways is disconnected from the authentic version of who you actually are, that incongruence is going to create a friction that doesn't fully allow you to come together as a couple. And if you're not on the same page with what you think you need to be as a couple, you're going to be on the side of the road in a ditch. Oh <laughs> Is that too harsh? That feels, okay. that feels a little hard. You're going you're gonna to struggle and hit bumps in a way that you wouldn't if you can come together and align on your things. So if you were to make a list right now of the way that you think you're not like other couples, make it agree that that's something that is a value for you as a couple. And then when someone comes along and challenges it, whether it's family of origin, your friends, or things you see in media, let it roll right off your back. Who cares? You guys are you.